Welcome to Convo Lounge Expression Exposure Experience. Welcome to the Convo Lounge podcast, yet another episode of the Convo Lounge podcast. My name is Pakang Tabisokitimese. Thank you very much for joining us. And remember, we are continuing to build our community online. So follow us using the hashtag Convo Lounge Africa and you could get a chance to receive our monthly industry insights as well as anything that is coming up on Convo Lounge. And today we are going to be having a conversation with the first ever Motswana woman to be on the cover of Forbes magazine. Or you want to introduce yourself in another way? No, that's pretty good. I like that. Yes. Hi. How, how has been the experience? I thank you very much for, for coming through to the Convo Lounge podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so my name is Dr. Wedu Somalekai and I am the first female Motswana, like you said, to be on the 30 under 30 Forbes Africa list and also to be on the cover of the Forbes Africa magazine. Um, I'm also um, an aesthetic doctor, so I'm a medical doctor and the founder of a clinic called Mediglow Aesthetics, which is the reason I'm on the Forbes Africa list. Fantastic. How has the experience been? Um, let's take us back to that morning when you got the call uh, to say you have made it onto the under 30 list. It's been amazing. I mean, the morning or the day I received that information, yeah. I was really ecstatic, but I also couldn't believe it. Yeah. It took some while for it to actually, some time for it to actually sink in. I think more at the summit, that's when it became more real, like, oh my gosh, you know, I made the list, I'm on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just been amazing. It's just a nice feeling. All right. So looking at you being a Forbes um, under 30 Africa lister, what are some of the benefits that you are getting from it? Because uh, there's been, you know, issues around, you know, the benefit of the summit coming to Botswana, what the benefit of it. Let's talk about that experience for you, how it has been. Um, so becoming a lister for me, basically the 30 under 30 list is meant to highlight people or young people who are making waves in the different industries that they are in, um, change makers, innovators. I know Forbes is um, associated a lot with billionaires and millionaires in in and it's all these lists um, but the 30 under 30 is less about how much money you're making and more just about um, how you're moving in your industry and the potential that you have and so for me like getting on it was obviously an honor and I was really excited to be recognized it has been a difficult road or journey because it is an industry that's not really developed Mobotswana. So getting that nod to say, well done, you know, keep going has been very, very encouraging. And seeing fellow listers and the differences that they're making in their own industries and in their communities. And so somebody who studies a list or has a look will understand the value of it. For example, there's a lister in Nigeria, Blessing Abeng. She runs a tech company that sort of helps people who um, in tech who can't find employment yeah. or people who have degrees, but because of their lack of technical skills or um, lack of tech knowledge, aren't able to get jobs. So they just empower them with that training 
And they've trained up to, I think they said 50,000 people so far and helped them get jobs. Yeah. And so if you go through the list and just see what people are up to, um, the inspiration that it holds, there's so much of it. And it just is very encouraging for young people um, all over Africa. Yeah. Um, the summit in itself is where everybody gets to meet. Yeah. And so that also opens your mind. You get to meet people who are doing different things and that challenges you as well or encourages you in terms of expanding your business or doing more for your business or starting something that you've been thinking about. And so it's just all in all a way to just wake everybody up to say there's a lot available to you. Don't be discouraged about whatever situation you see where. And it gives you an example to say, look, here's someone in Rwanda. This country is like this, but this is what they're doing. What do you think you could do? And so it's just the way to empower the youth um, with knowledge, with skills, with opportunities. Um, It's jam-packed with a lot for for young Batwana. All right. You you did mention that you are a medical doctor. You studied for your uh, medicine degree. Let's uh, go through that journey, um, how it came about, your interest in medicine and what sparked you to get into such an industry. Okay, so I was born and raised Mohaburoni um, and I attended my primary and my seniors, my secondary school here. And then I went on to tertiary at the University of Botswana. And that's where, honestly, going into medicine, it was it's one of those things that as you're growing up, everybody, not everyone, but a lot of people say, oh, I want to be a doctor, I want to be an accountant or this or that. Yeah. So up until it was time to choose courses, um, that's when it was just like, oh, okay, I qualify. This is, this is actually, you know, a good idea. So as I was going through the course, that's when I realized I really love it and I have a passion for it. Yeah. Um, I graduated in 2017. Yeah. And from there worked for the government, did my internship at Princess Marina for a year and then moved to Masunga. That's where they placed me for about two and a half years. Yeah. Um, And during that time, that's when my interest in aesthetic medicine now came about. Yeah. Um, I was on a trip with my friend to Joburg and she visited an aesthetic doctor there. And get this, she went to see Dr. Nandipa. Oh, okay. <laughs> the infamous Dr. Nandipa. Yeah. But at the time, you know, she was running her clinic. And uh, so my my friend had an issue with her skin. And um, I was very curious, like, why and where and how did she come about, you know, to do aesthetic medicine, to have this clinic? And yeah. that's where the journey started. Yeah. But w- let's, talk, let's go back to you working for the government, actually having to quit that and start your own practice. Um, the transition from, you know, being an employer, yeah, an employee now to being an employer or having your own um, startup that you are operating. How did that transition um, come about? Uh, I think on its own, it's just a, a big risk to take. Absolutely. It definitely is. Um, And it's not something I expected to do so soon. Um, I definitely was pushed into it because aesthetic medicine is a very new industry. It's in its infancy in Botswana. So at the time that I decided to resign, I had I really had hope that someone would hire me to do aesthetics. I thought it would be exciting enough for someone to say, oh, yeah, come on board. 
join my clinic or do this, you know, but um, people aren't so welcoming of new ideas or yeah. they aren't as welcoming as I thought they would be. Yeah. And so that pushed me to say, well, this is still something I really want to do no matter what. Yeah. And so if no one's going to hire me, then I'll just start my own thing. Yeah. But w- was there a place for you to actually go for um, such locally? Or you were just, in terms of actually being someone, um, an employee at someone's clinic? I actually approached some dermatologists. So there's a difference between an aesthetic doctor and dermatologist. They are more um, pathology inclined, meaning it's about sickness of the skin, of the nails, of the hair, whereas aesthetics is more cosmetic. So I thought I could add that side of things to a dermatology clinic. And if not, then a GP clinic. So it was just pitching to say, let me work here and add this service additionally to what you already have. So, yeah, it was just like, how much money is that going to need? Like, what do you need? And after breaking down things like that, it was like, "Mm, no, I don't think we need this at the moment, especially because Botswana don't know much about it. My next question was going to be that to say, uh, the in the market in itself, how is the the market? Perhaps maybe um, in terms of risk taking, uh, it would have been a bigger risk to take. Looking at the return on investment that would actually come from uh, from that, how has that been going um, for you? Um, the reception of Batswana with uh, this line of of business. I think it's pretty good. Mm. It is an untapped market, in my opinion, and it's the kind of thing where I've realized I had to create a demand. So a lot of people don't know they need aesthetic services until you tell them that actually I can do one, two, three, four, five for you and it will make your life 10 times better. And so it's about, for me, the market is there. I just need to reach it and let them know that we provide these services and that they're here for them close by. Because I have met a few people who... Um, even at this point, we'll say, oh, I happened to find you. But before that, a friend of mine had said I should go to Joburg to such and such a place. Yeah. And so most people aren't aware. But once they become aware, it's like, I'm so happy I didn't have to fly to Joburg or take a bus there. I just had to come here. Yeah. yeah. You did mention that um, when you look at the cost element of setting up such a business, um, how much are we talking in the ranges of actually getting to start um, such an establishment and you having to take um, that risk? What were you trying to or looking to gain actually from from, from that? Or it was just something that uh, because you've got the passion for it, you just believe that the passion will actually drive you to now become a bit more profitable and be sustainable? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. So passion-wise, for sure, like I have a fire in me. I'm really passionate about aesthetic medicine. I love it. I find it very fulfilling. Um, Investment-wise, even the training itself is not cheap. Um, And all of the training I did was in South Africa. So I had to invest in myself for starters to say I'm going to save up and you know, pay for this training and attend all of it. So that was the first part of the investment. Um, Even initially in terms of, so there's a bit of retail involved. I do sell medical grade skincare products and the like. So that also required a bit of money to, um, 
you know, acquire those things and equipment and such. So um, in the beginning, I will be a bit candid about it and say I started off with 50K. Yeah. And that was from, you know, if you work for any organization, there's a package you get when yes. you leave. So when I resigned, I did get a little something. And so I used all of it to, you know, buy my first few things from South Africa. Yeah. Yes. So in terms of support, um, I'm just imagining your family, your parents, they've taken you to uh, the university. You become this um, young doctor and all of a sudden you have a permanent employment and then you quit uh, to say, I'm going to start my own thing. Uh, let's go through the process because um, I think a lot of you know, especially us, uh, Botswana, in terms of us starting our own businesses, mm. our families really want us to uh, start and go to get an employment, um, get a job, uh, get loans and have, you know, a standard way of life. Mm. Uh, but you actually having to uh, come out of such um, an environment and actually going to an untapped um, territory. How has uh, that experience been and the support around the people that um, are, are supporting you in your business? Um, initially sort of talking to my parents, yeah. to them, I think it was just in theory. Yeah. Um, when I started going for training and paying to go that side, I think that's when they started to take me a little bit more seriously. Yeah. I am naturally a stubborn person. Yeah. Like I'm, when I'm set on doing something, it takes a lot to dissuade me. Yeah. So it was just one of those things where other than talking about it, I was also showing it in action to say, this is what I'm doing and, you know, registering the company and telling them about my plans. It sort of gave them an idea of what it is I was trying to do, yeah. but it wasn't easy. And then eventually as things were taking shape, the support grew stronger, yeah. but they did even from the get go when I was um, quitting, I stayed with my parents for some time. So yeah. they were happy to have me. And even when I started doing chemical peels and the products, they were buying a few things and I was doing stuff on their skin from my aunt's living room. Yeah. So their support was really great from yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Then what were uh, the challenges that you actually got to experience along the journey of you um, transitioning from uh, that work, starting your business and how the business is operating right now? Um, I mean, first and foremost, like we talked about us coming from a permanent position, yeah. I was used to a fixed salary and also that came with a certain lifestyle. Yeah. So first and foremost, it was a big sacrifice because I couldn't afford a lot of things anymore. Um, at the time I had taken out a loan for my car. So I had yeah. a small car. So that was my main focus to say every month I should at least have enough to cover it. Yeah. I was staying at home. So, you know, anybody, if you as an adult staying in someone's sort house. Sort of like a downgrade from that other lifestyle to, you yeah, know, you now becoming a baby again. Yes. <laughs> and being told what to do and yeah. being told you have to be home <laughs> at this time. And, you know, so that was the sacrifice on my part personally. Um, but the other challenges had to do with the fact that because it's an industry in its infancy, nobody's producing any of the things that I need. Mm. I needed to get a lot of things from South Africa across the border. There were costs that came with that. There were regulation issues, um, having to look to see what BOMRA allows and what it doesn't. Um, then, of course, reaching the market that I need to how to go about, you know, making sure the message reaches the people that 
we needed to reach. Yeah. So marketing, that was the biggest challenge for me. And honestly, as it is now, I'm trying my best in terms of using social media platforms and being on the radio or let's say television. But word of mouth has also been the biggest thing because anybody trusts a referral from a friend. Yeah. You know, if if someone has experienced it and tells you I went, yeah. you're more likely to go as opposed to just seeing an ad on on facebook yeah yeah all right let's go for a break when we come back i want us to talk more about your business um the products that you offer uh, within your business and let's say how we could actually get to support um the industry to actually grow because what we want to eventually see is you know creation of employment for other young Botswana so that we could you know uh, grow each other and advance forward Right, this is the Convo Lounge podcast. We are going for a break. When we come back, we are going to continue. Remember that uh, you could be part of our conversation by uh, going onto our WhatsApp line, which is plus two six seven seven six triple nine two, or you can actually go onto our Facebook profile or social media platforms and just use the hashtag Convo Lounge Africa. Convo Lounge expression, exposure, experience. Right, welcome back to the Convo Lounge podcast. And today we are hanging out with Dr. Wedu Somolekai from Mediglow Clinic. We're just going to talk all about Mediglow Clinic and the aesthetic industry in Botswana. Just before uh, the before we went for our break, we're just having a conversation around um, your transition from being a medical a doctor with the government now to starting your own business. And, you know, through all of this, one would get to wonder how your your medical, your mental health was um, at that state. Uh, moving the transitions, was it easy? Uh, what did you have to battle with so that you could keep on to that vision of um, achieving the dream that you had before you? Yeah, it wasn't easy. Um, uh, I think a big part, like we talked about getting support from family, Mm -hmm. which is almost a given, Um, not for everybody, but um, that I expected. I think what got to me at times was the negativity around it. Even leaving a place I was working, I'd have people say, well, who does she think she is? Mm -hmm. You know, what? she's just going to fall flat on her face and come back and work for government like everybody else, you know? So just um, you have your own self-doubt, but even those negative voices, when they come from people that you know, you've met, it's really difficult to push through that. Um, I'd had my days when I was really, really down, especially even when the business was starting. um, I'd have days where there was nobody coming into the clinic and I'd just still be there from nine to five, just seated there waiting, hoping. Um, I was doing my own social media at the time, so I'd just keep busy by making posters, you know, with Canva, you know, just like trying my best to get it out there and and keep at it and not give up. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't easy at (laughs) all. (laughs) Now let's get let's get now to your business. Um the Mediglow Clinic, what it actually is, the services that you provide. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, let's start there. 
Okay, so it's Mediglow Aesthetics is an aesthetic clinic. Basically, aesthetics, when something is aesthetically pleasing, it means it's easy on the eye. It looks good. Yeah. So we're all about um, medical procedures that enhance your cosmetic appearance. Um, so we deal with skin, so facial aesthetics and body aesthetics. So with the skin, we offer services that help with issues like acne, dipimpole, pigmentation, and aging, um, people with oily skin, large pores, issues like that. So we offer chemical peels, facials, dermaplaning, microneedling, mm. a bit of Botox and fillers. Um, and then uh, we do a procedure called a vampire facial um, with platelet-rich plasma. Yeah. Um, we also do hairline restoration. So if your hair is hairline is receding, and then um, body aesthetics, lipolytic injections, medical weight loss. Yeah. So the challenge I spoke about marketing is I can be listing the, these, and someone will just be like, "What is, all <laughs> what of is she that? talking <laughs> about?" Like, hey, yeah. But they want the glow. They mm. want the glow, yeah. and at the end of the day, that's what it's it's geared towards. Yeah. I think in terms of health, a lot of people just know. I'm fine and I'm sick. Yeah. But there's wellness. So there's a difference between being fine and a hundred percent feeling good, looking good, and being fine to say like mm -hmm. I'm not sick. So it's healthy. Being healthy is, is not just an absence of disease, yeah. but it's feeling your best. Yeah. And so we're sort of in that in between where it's like, well, my I'm not happy about my skin, but you're not gonna go to the doctor and say, my skin is bothering me yeah. unless you have a rash or something big. Yeah. And so we're saying, okay, you're not happy about it. What bothers you about your skin? It's like, no, I have these large pores or these dark spots or this, and it really affects my confidence. I wear makeup 24 seven, you yeah. know? And so I'm here to say, well, just because you're not sick, I, just because I can't diagnose you and say, oh, it's this, um, doesn't mean we can't assist. Yeah. If you're feeling tired all the time, we have IV vitamin drips, which yeah. have proven to be really good for the skin and the body. Um, and so, yeah, we just basically make you feel beautiful. Yeah. Do you have any um, locals that you've actually employed to work uh, with you on your project? Yes. Um, yeah. So at the moment, I have um, a staff of about six and they're all Batswana, young Batswana. Four of them are on a full-time basis and two of them are um, part-time. So in the clinic, I have an executive assistant who's also my receptionist, Patrick. Okay. And then I have a beauty therapist and a physician's assistant. And I have somebody who cleans the yeah. clinic as well. So, and then on a part-time basis, I have an accountant on retainer, as well as a social media guy who does all my posters and pictures and stuff like that. And legal assistance, she's not a, on a retainer, but yeah. I do call her when I have any issues with contracts or somebody's bothering me. This is very impressive um, because when you look at some of the businesses as we try to create them, we're trying to look for solutions that could actually bring um, the levels of unemployment in our country are down. And by supporting uh, companies such as yours or the industry, this is how actually you get to to, to grow. Um, where do you see the, the company going in the next uh, foreseeable future in terms of um, getting more 
either increasing your product line and I think with increasing your services that you provide, you would need even more um, people to be employed to do that. Mm, so um, the nice thing about getting word out is that a lot of people have been requesting the services even outside Khabroni. Yeah. And those are people I would one day want to reach. And so the bigger picture for me would be to have branches outside Khabroni. Yeah. And obviously I can't be in all those places at once. So there will be people in charge of those branches. There'll be people working there. So I think that will definitely contribute towards increasing or or um, battling unemployment in the country. Mm. Um, also, just there has been a lot of interest in aesthetics and people DM me, inbox me, ask me, how do I get into it? You know, this is what I studied. What do I need to do? So I think even providing such training service trainings locally, yeah. I wanted to start with maybe just an intro course for beauty therapists um, yeah. who have maybe like a certificate in beauty therapy or some such, just to expose them to say, this is what aesthetics is. These yeah. are the kinds of procedures that you do. And this is the skin, this is the body. Um, so training will also empower somebody to start something for themselves, not necessarily um, a clinic, but those some of the services can be offered by beauty therapists outside. Oh, so you don't necessarily have to be a doctor, uh, go so, through general medicine? Yeah, yeah, so there's certain procedures that can only be, be done by doctors, mm. and that's something the public should know because... Yeah. As time goes on, a lot of people are coming up and wanting to and try do to chance everything. And get into yes. Years. So there are those that really you'd prefer or want a doctor doing them. But there are also those that under the right training or the, in the right hands can be done by um, a beauty therapist or a somatologist. So bringing in training would be nice. And mm. then in terms of products, um, actually during the summit, I met a doctor who's working in South Africa. Her name is Dr. Lou. She has her own skincare line, which she's brought and she's marketing. Um, yeah a young female um, from South Africa. So um, we had a chat and I'll be bringing in her products. But one day I want to have my own range as well, starting with sunscreen, yeah. because people in Botswana <laughs> do not use sunscreen. I mean, hey, sunscreen, are for, we feel like um, they're for Caucasians. Exactly. And I'm too dark to be applying sunscreen. That's what hmm? everybody thinks. <laughs> <laughs> so I think having a maybe just that product alone yeah. would do really well, but it would also help protect everybody's skin. Yeah. Yeah. So let's look at, um, you know, some of the initiatives actually expand your your business. Um, I, I'm thinking plastic surgery and, you know, making some modifications to your body. Mm -hmm. Is it something that your clinic or the, um, in terms of what you do, you can actually get to do that? Um, nowadays, you know, a certain gender, I'll go to as far as techie for such mm. um, procedures and all of that. Would it be something that you would uh, perhaps maybe are looking to bring into the country or you'd need to uh, go further um, or deeper training for that? Um, I'm definitely open to it. Yeah. Aesthetics is more non-invasive or non-surgical. Okay. So we don't do anything that puts you under as an anesthesia. Yeah. Everything is you right there, minimally invasive. And the beauty industry is moving to, or the aesthetic industry tends to, it's moving towards simplifying a lot of 
surgical procedures. So yep. initially Botox, for example, was only done by plastic surgeons, then dermatologists, and now we get to do it. And things like BBLs and all, um, they used to be very complicated procedures, but there's a way to even do them while somebody like just looking yeah. at you. So as things advance, I'm definitely open to learning. And bring in such services to the country. Yeah. Yeah. And let's look now into maybe uh, perhaps you are still uh, new into the industry, but you mentioned that there are people who are reaching out to you for um, asking questions of how to go into this industry. Mm. Um, How would you say would be a better way to come up with sort of like a framework that would be easier for other people to get into this industry so that if there are things that you need to um, fight together or come together to advocate Mm -hmm. for, it becomes a bit more easier for uh, you to approach it as a collective. Um, I think that's, um, it's very important. Like you're saying a collective for now, we don't have any associations or bodies that represent people in aesthetics. So it would be nice to have that kind of um, um, organization such that, you know, they can be better regulation and people can get mentorship and advice. I think someone who's looking to go into the industry definitely has to do their homework. Um, I had to speak to people in other countries and to find out how they're doing things. And so from a doctor's perspective, it's a lot easier for me to advise um, for like in terms of how to operate a clinic and under the regulations that we have in the country. In terms of beauty therapists, um, I tend to just um advise more training yeah and that's why i'm saying there's a gap there because i will say okay it's either you're getting you're planning on getting a medical degree which means you can follow the path i've taken if not then it's a kind of these are the academies or schools that i know in south africa that offer the training that you're looking for and so there's a lot of room there or gaps it's not an a thing to the path hasn't been beaten out yet for most and so even for my path now i'm just taking it a day at a time yes so let's quickly go into business training uh training to be uh in in business and actually having a sustainable operating um business how did um that come about did you get some sort of um training or what is the driving force uh, behind your entrepreneurship journey So the only business training that I got was during COVID, I did a business management fundamentals course with the University of Stellenbosch. It was a six week course with about nine or 10 modules. And that sort of gave me an idea, but that was probably a year and a half before I started the business. So I've basically been winging it on the business side. I'm getting advice from different people on what needs to be in place. There is no manual that I'm following. And I mean, I'm very much open to getting training and all of that and trying my best to balance that with getting more medical training. Um, So, yeah, I just learned it as I went along, made some mistakes and was taught the better way to do things. And yeah, Yeah. that's how it's What could be your advice then uh, to a young person who 
Perhaps maybe they have studied a certain industry or into a certain industry and are not getting employment in that industry to now transition to actually creating um, employment for themselves like you did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think mentorship is important yeah. and finding... The thing is, if you've been trained in one thing and you want to do something else, there has to be a driving force behind that. Why do you want to do that? Yeah. If it's solely just for employment, then you do need a lot of guidance. And so mentorship is important. Getting more training, I suppose, can help as well. And never giving up. Yeah. Yeah. You're putting with? <laughs> Uh, my parting words, obviously, I'd like to share where our clinic is and how to reach us. So <laughs> it's Mediglow Aesthetics. We're located at plot 21179 in Village. Um, our number is 71642681. That's our WhatsApp line, but you can also call in to make an appointment. And um, just to any young person out there, but even an older person who's, you know, who has a dream in their heart and really wants to try it, but is feeling discouraged. Um, I just hope that my story has inspired you to go for it. And obviously it won't be an easy road and you'll want to give up at times, but you definitely have to um, keep reaching for the stars. Yeah. They should follow you on TikTok. I got to learn more about that procedure where you use somebody's blood. Yes, uh, on a, in a TikTok video. Yes. yes, so I'm it's Dr. Soms on TikTok. I do like sharing a bit of skin tips over there and um, sharing videos on the different procedures that I do. So definitely do follow on TikTok if you want to learn more about that. <laughs> they must follow you for that daily skin uh, routine. Thank you very much for coming through. Uh, listen, gentlemen, this is how we come to the end of this episode of the Convo Lounge podcast. Remember that uh, we are taking your suggestions and continue this conversation online. Use our WhatsApp line plus 267-7651-992 or just follow us on our social media platforms using the hashtag Convo Lounge Africa. Bye. Convo Lounge. Expression, exposure, experience.